Whiskey, whiskey. Welcome to episode 87 of The Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bollock, the author of The Whiskey Cabinet. And I'm Jamie Johnson, brand ambassador. Yay! Yay, brand ambassador. <laughs> I still have to like take a moment. I'm like, what? What do I, like, what uh, do I introduce myself what, what's, as? What are you brand ambassador for? Balvini? Who knows? Do I t- Canadian, I national. A, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> well, Where I am I? A, a, a private but approachable whiskey club. So <laughs> you do, to, yeah. So maybe that's how I introduce myself next time. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's also uh, we you haven't had a, a members meeting for, of your club in a couple of months now, so we're looking yeah. forward to the next one. That's right. I know. I gotta. I gotta think of something fun. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, well, actually, I was looking at the LCBO the other day, and the the bourbon selections is getting getting a little better. Oh, so nice. maybe yeah, maybe something, uh, maybe something there. Maybe a little bit of bourbon. Maybe a little bit of yeah. Get back to the old roots. Maybe a little bit of corn and some rye yeah. and some malted barley mashed together and fermented <laughs> and distilled and aged in brand new oak and bottled. Oh man, it sounds delicious. Sounds delicious. I'm um, in fact, I'm, I'm drinking. You know what? I'm actually not drinking that right now. Um, I am drinking uh, a little bit of bourbon, a little bit of corn, a lot of corn. There's there's some wheat in this and some rye. Can you guess what I'm drinking? So you uh Gooderim and Warts? Actually I said that wrong, didn't I? I said that wrong. Sorry. What did you say? I think Sorry, I said rye. I, a- I so I said there's 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 a lot of corn in here. Okay. Uh there's wheat in here and some malted barley. Hmm. Maker's mark? No, uh, not Weller. Maker's Mark. Well that's true, and that also has that recipe. You're missing one more. Well, there's actually a few more. Uh Okay, hold on. A lot of corn, yeah. some wheat, and malted barley. Yeah, instead of rye, we've got some wheat. And this is a very rare bottle. It's uh, aged 10 is years. It, is it the Willet? No. It's not. A, okay, don't tell me. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, it's the Van Winkle, the 10? Yeah, old Rip Van Winkle, 10 years old. <laughs> as I like to call it, the hashtag, not the Pappy, because then Mr. Julian Van Winkle gets mad at you if you call this Pappy. Right. You can't. That's right. It's not Pappy. It is old rip van winkle which i love i love that yeah stuff. did you get a bottle in the lottery well my my mom got a bottle in the lottery because nice. my entire family uh you know for for listeners i think we, we say this every time but in case you yeah i think we lcbo does a lottery for uh the buffalo trace antique collection and the pappies and the non-pappies um and so out of my entire family which is not that big but anyway out of the whole family <laughs> we got a bottle of old rip van winkle uh 10 year old this is the one that's 107 proof or 53.5 APV. So that's my uh, my whiskey of choice for today. A nice weeded bourbon and can't go wrong with that. It. It, I mean, it's still a hundred bucks. I mean, still a lot of money, you know, like before in the lottery, yeah. they used to, it used to be a $60 bottle and that was, that was already expensive, but for a hundred dollars um, retail. And of course this goes for hundreds of dollars post retail. Um, yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it is. And especially since, and we as sort of, I'm, um, We've been talking about this for a while now. The the price increases in whiskey in general um, have been just uh, rising. I mean, I know you know from from working at the whiskey shows, it's been interesting. All of us sort of who work behind the behind the uh, the table, uh, it's it's sort of a struggle to be like you know all the time like what happened here? Why, why did your whiskey go up so much in price? And it's sort of like it's an industry wide thing um, that's sort of going on. So it's uh, we're feeling it now, but in you know in good news if we all just stick with it and ride out this price increase 
It'll go down eventually. So, <laughs> well, you know, I, I did write that article that I, I predict somewhere between 2020 and 2025, we're going to have such a bust of whiskey because you're going to have so much Irish whisk- whiskey coming out. You're going to have so many of these craft distillers, the small mini vi- distillers in the U.S. are just making, pumping out, getting bigger and pumping up so much whiskey. We're just going to have so much whiskey. We're going to we're going to walk down the street and people are going to give you f- free whiskey. They're like, here, I just I have right. this bottle of Pappy. I just I don't know, but I don't know what to do, I with, do it. with it. I got too much. I got too, too yeah. much Pappy. Like I, I bought like a hundred bottles of Pappy thinking I, this is the last chance and no no this, it's everywhere speaking of Pappy they, they released a 25 year old that, that's insane I, I saw that 25 is a bit it's a bit much I think it wasn't the wasn't the one that we had uh, that failed experiment from Buffalo Trace wasn't that a 25 year mm-hmm. yeah it was wasn't 20, it yeah tw- <laughs> mm. they were they were uh, picking up yeah. bottles to go into this and they were like well actually that was that was uh, uh, sorry that was a uh, 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 mash bill number one or something so that ah, okay. was not a pappy was, no was not a weeder well i mean still like who's gonna open that to try it and make sure that it isn't garbage yeah or maybe it is garbage that's a good point <laughs> who would know who would ever know but honestly so like but interesting 25 year old bourbon that is a that for me is i mean i i don't know if i would enjoy that I don't know. It I, might be too much. It might be too oaky. It might be too aggressive. Well, that's the question, right? Because, so, uh, you know, we know Pappy Van Winkle is just so stupidly overpriced. I mean, they're, they're, the retail price is very sensible. You know, Pappy 23 goes for like $300 retail or whatever, but you never buy for that much. You see it for $1,000, $2,000, what, what have you. That, that's what people are actually paying for this. And so, so the 23, they're already the, the oldest one until now um it was already you know it's already super dark super oaky and then uh, and then buffalo trace and the pappy van winkle family come out and they're like oh we're gonna release a 25 and it's retail price is going to be 1800 dollars now the one thing i would say though will this keep the price of the 23 year old down like because the 23 year old is aftermarket already selling for two thousand dollars or more right or is the 23 year old just going to sell for four thousand dollars we don't know two extra years that's it. That's it. Two, yeah, actually, that's a very good point. Two extra years, and it's so interesting because, like, looking at the 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 packaging that it comes in, it's like it's kind of crazy. It's like comes in a decanter, and it comes with this like um, this sort of barrel stave on the inside, this box, like, and the regular the Pappy Twenty Three comes in like you know. It's a velvet bag or something like that. So it's a, it's only two more years. <laughs> the bottle is beautiful. You're right. So the bottle gorgeous. is beautiful. If you're, it's gorgeous. If you're, I mean, you know, if you have a spare eighteen hundred bucks and you can find somebody that, uh, you know, that is carrying this, because I can only imagine, like, well, how much, how much more angel share would they have taken after two? Like, it can't. It can, there has to be about as much maybe slightly less than the 23 per barrel right the evaporation yeah yeah because once you hit a certain like 18 years or something like that you're not losing as much to evaporation uh as you were or like even something like oh i should know this a little bit better uh in kentucky somebody please correct me on the internet because (laughs) in kentucky i think it's like the first like 10 years you you lose a lot and then after a certain period of time it it goes down to about like one one or two percent um a year so it can't be it could probably be like what five percent less per barrel than the 23 so there's got to be 
yeah, you know, yeah, well, enough left in the the barrel. Well, okay, so I, I've got. I looked. I just. Uh, I googled this uh, as you were uh, as you were chatting. So, as I was yeah, you're like, through. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe there's some facts on the internet. I don't know. Internet is full of information. <laughs> I'm like, so there were a total of eleven barrels that were blended or vatted or mm-hmm. married. Um, Mary, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to make 710 bottles. So each barrel, on average, gave us uh, so it's 64 and a half uh, bottles per barrel at uh, 700. And so that's times so 64.5. Ah, calculators are tough. So that's about 40, just under 46 liters of whiskey out of uh, out of 11 barrels. Um, wow. So basically, that's like one barrel. One barrel, yeah. yeah. One barrel of whiskey. Well, no, more. No, it's about right. It's about one barrel. But I mean, there's always evaporation, so you typically only get in to get about three to four hundred. Typically, in like an eight-year-old bourbon, you'll get about three hundred bar- um, uh, bottles of bourbon. So it's basically, I guess, just over two barrels worth of whiskey um, into mm-hmm. this. Uh, but because it's a twenty-five-year-old product and there's always evaporation, it's yeah, it's forty-five yeah. liters. That's amazing. That's that's really amazing. Wow. Okay. So, anyways, probably won't be. Uh you know, trying that one anytime soon. Just just putting it out there. If anyone has some yeah, if they, um, that they'd like to share, you just let us know. Just, just let us know. We'll gladly uh, curious. receive it. Curious to see. Like, I, I, well, this is the, too oaky. This is the other, this is the other thing, too. Um, this was um, originally produced in the original distillery. It uh, was distilled in 1989 and then aged um, in the, the Van Winkle uh, distillery, Stitzel Weller. Um, uh, built in 1935, and, uh, and then the barrels were moved into Buffalo Traces barrels in 2002 and aged for another 12 years at the brick warehouses. So uh, my guess is there was a lot of rapid aging originally, and then the brick warehouses probably cooled down that process a little mm-hmm. bit, kind of eased mm-hmm. off the oaking, because if it's going to get too hot, you're going to get too much oak, so they kind of want to mellow it out a little bit, a little bit more oxidation, a little more of this, a little bit more of that, and then you have yourself a 25-year-old Van Winkle. I got to say, did the bottle alone, I mean, if this bottle sells for a few hundred dollars empty, uh, I'd probably buy it. It's a beautiful bottle. It is oh. beautiful. It's really, really nice. It's really pretty. Of course. I wonder if we're going to get tweets about how much we're talking about the packaging on this one. <laughs> we probably are. That's all we have. Talking about the bottle too much. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. We do. Oh, boy. Oh, man. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear what, who gets their hands on it and what, uh, what's going on uh, with that. It's always a sort of an interesting thing when something's super old. And for Kentucky, 25 years is, is pretty old. Um, I may I may stock this yeah. one on Instagram see if I can find an, uh, somebody actually yeah see if one. you can find out um, but you know I mean speaking of prices though because the bourbon prices have been going up the scotch industry is so happy because scotch is back everybody scotch is 4. back 4.1% yeah. increase in volume 3.3% <laughs> by value I'm trying to make this sound very <laughs> exciting um, but uh, but the scotch uh, whiskey association is thrilled because they're like hey our exports are actually jumping up after having a number of years where they've gone down of course every year they're like mm-hmm. well you know this is just due to economic factors in China and uh, we're not right. really and now of course the moment they get like an increase they're like anyway we're great again everybody loves us <laughs> everyone loves us they they come back as the sort of like OG in the in the whiskey world they <laughs> exactly. uh, take their place at the center of the whiskey universe yeah, no, this is pretty big though. Right? I mean, I think this is great. Like, I mean, you're you're you're, ha- you're having a lot of exports. Uh, so the exports into the U.S. went up fourteen percent. Um, does that mean people are are like, crap? We can buy single malt scotch for the same price we're buying. We're now buying bourbon for. 
Yeah, and that's that's sort of the thing. It's really interesting is because bourbon prices and, and American whiskey prices are going up so much. Um, they're starting to to be like, well, you know, like anyone that was into American whiskey before might consider trying single malt because you're like, well, if I'm going to buy Booker's for, you know, $85 and then I can buy the single malt and, you know, I, uh, I'm kind of pissed at Booker's right now for raising the price. Like, I'm going to try this uh, scotch. It's the same price. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. So, uh, uh, Jamie, you and I are, are approaching our, our two-year anniversary of recording this podcast. I think that was sometime in March. Um, and, um, we, we, when we started recording this podcast, we are, are, we kept saying, you know, our, our observation was like bourbon is so damn cheap. Um, mm-hmm. it is way too cheap for how good it is. It's just like the quality of bourbon you're getting. Like, how are people even buying scotch when, when you have all this great bourbon for like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. And that's right. changed. So, I mean, now we're talking about 50 bucks, 60 bucks for a good bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really has approached, um, uh, scotch prices in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly if you look at age statements, it has, I mean, you're a 12 year old bourbon right now is not that much. It's probably around the same price as a 12 year old scotch and many, yeah. many 20 year old scotches. Um, so yeah, you've got this, you've got this, uh, you've got this equilibrium we're hitting. Yeah, especially here in in Ontario, like we're sort of we're used to um, this this pricing mm-hmm. in in terms of a little more expensive here than other places to get your your whiskeys. Uh, so it, for us, I'd be really I'd be really curious to see sort of at a like like national sort of level for us what's going on with that even it would be interesting to see even if it it trickles down right into like our provincial markets to see whether or not you know what in terms of pricing like are people abandoning um american whiskeys and going to scotch or is it just always people like it's so interesting because there's always been sort of more availability of single malts in in our local uh, market so uh and the the bourbons are just starting to like trickle in properly now so it's sort of uh yeah it would be really interesting to see what people are doing let us know on twitter if you want what are you are you abandoning your your whiskey to try new ones are you or is it just that the the category is opening up in general people are trying more whiskeys and that means you know it they're moving throughout categories uh, and you know more people are drinking whiskey, but then more people are drinking all different kinds of whiskeys. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, probably more the case because uh, they they were looking at the uh, the Spirits Council uh, looked at um, uh, kind of distil- distillations and what people are buying in America, and it looks like uh, American whiskey is up seven percent, so they're doing great. Cognac volumes are up twelve percent. Irish whiskey's up eighteen percent. Tequila's up seven percent. Vodka, um, still the biggest. Uh, producer of in the spirit category, but it's up 2.4 percent. Um, but the total spirits market in general went up uh, just uh, just under seven percent in 2016. Uh, so we're drinking more. Yeah, we're drinking more. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Well, I wonder if in times of like, and this is sort of like a like a sort of uncertainty in terms of you know what's going on in the UK with Brexit and what's going on in the States. I wonder, I always wonder if like people's drinking habits and sort of uncertainty levels go sort of are correlated at all. Well, I I think I'm really, really concerned about the US. I mean, Donald Trump doesn't drink and um, that's just (gasps) weird. I mean, he's a (laughs) non-drinker. I, um, 
Yeah. I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's that's not the most controversial thing about Donald Trump. There's certainly a lot of other things <laughs> we could say. There's a long list. However, <laughs> however, the the lack of drinking, I think our listeners will agree, is a very concerning. Uh, th- I mean, of, of course, I, sh- I shouldn't mm-hmm. make fun of that because I mean, people don't drink for very valid reasons, and um, and so you know, obviously, uh, that's that's very important to say. Um, but I, I think you know, Donald Trump doesn't drink just because he doesn't like to. And that's just weird. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where where um, I I just this just jumped into my head, but there was like um, I saw this study, and you know how oh I love studies. I know, studies. I know, I'm, I'm, I know. I know. Up right I know. As soon as I said it, I was like, oh my god, Mark's gonna love this. So in times of like economic uncertainty, they find that like there are more like uh, fights in the stands at like sports shows, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. sports shows, sports. <laughs> <laughs> Sport, <laughs> sport eventing sport shows, sport. <laughs> events, <laughs> games, games. James, do you watch any sports at all? Is there like, is there any sport you? Sports shows. <laughs> I mean, anything. <laughs> What's a sport in, in show? The, in, the, in the Coliseum where they have sports, um, <laughs> where they do the sports. So when the people are doing the sports, there are people in the Coliseum that watch the sports, and when the sports are being watched, uh, sometimes there is aggressive action between the sports fans. Uh, from various different the sports teams because I don't know if you know James there's different teams that play on sports so you might have like two teams on a field in the Coliseum Uh, and so what you're saying is these two opposing teams that are watching that are playing the sports with people yeah, watching the sports, sports shows. Um, the sports shows, um, sports shows yes it's like a reality TV show really Um, but anyway there's fights (laughs) there are more fights in like the stadiums (laughs) <laughs> not the costume. The more everyone is stressed out about the economy. Is that why there's so many fights in Europe? Because I feel there's a lot of fights. There've always been a lot of fights in Europe. Yeah. So I think I think that's that. I think that is literally what I was like. We're gonna have to Google this. This random. Th- it was literally like seven years ago. I read this like this one study, and I was like, that's very interesting. And then I tried to talk about it today and clearly <laughs> did not do a great job. Once I forgot the word for iron, so I called it a flat maker. <laughs> oh. I, couldn't, I, could, I just like I couldn't. It makes things flat. Word. I don't know. Makes anything yeah, flat. It's like a flat maker. Fabric. And Trent was like, do you waffles, mean the iron? I was like, bread. yeah, that's exactly what I meant by iron. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you don't uh, use it every day, wow. Jamie, I don't well, know. Well, I gotta go and watch watch my sports show now. <laughs> gotta watch my sporting event. Oh, with gosh. the sports. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I haven't even had anything to drink. Uh, it's like just eight coffees. Eight coffees. It's a lot of coffee. No, I haven't yeah. had that many. No, nah, it's not that many. Um, yeah, but I think that's absolutely right. It, it is true. Like, uh, it's a little stressful. People are drinking a little bit more. It's kind of the opposite of my drinking. I drink when I'm happy, and I don't drink when I'm sad. So I don't know. There you but, go. Uh, but that's how it goes. I, I think I'm probably in the minority of that. I think so too. I would probably bet on it, actually. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> off the sports show. Off the sports show. Um, and then, of course, we we know mentioned Irish whiskey, but uh, Diageo is coming back to Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. I know. Can you guess when the last time Diageo owned an Irish distillery? 1992. I believe the answer is 1757. Well, there you go. I, that's totally wrong. Is it 1992? I don't know. I don't even know. I have no idea. Oh. I, just, I literally pulled that number out of my ass. Sorry. <laughs> no, fair. I, I was like, wait a minute. Maybe that is the right answer. Uh, <laughs> 
Anyway, I thought you had the answer. No, I had no answers. Um, well, but basically, Diageo, um, you know, Diageo um, combined with Guinness to make Diageo. So it was basically there's a distillers company and um, in in Scotland and Guinness. They kind of merged to make Diageo, but Diageo hasn't owned as an entity hasn't owned uh, an Irish uh, distillery, and so they they're actually moving forward and they're um, and they're going to enter the Irish whiskey front. Right. I, I got to tell you, there's too much good. It's going to be so much Irish whiskey coming out. It's, there's it's going to be a lot so of much. Irish whiskey. It's just so yeah. much. It's going to be too much. There's we went from two distilleries being active in 1980, uh, and that is an accurate number. Uh, 1980, there was a, there's two distilleries, um, Bushmills and um, and uh, Jameson uh, Middleton Distillery, and now we do have about. Um, 20 now moving into 40 or something in the coming years it's 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 all insane it's just it's it's insane yeah it's uh it's gonna be great though now i'm super excited about it because i think it's um irish whiskey you know there's a couple out there here and there and people are sort of getting into it a little bit more but it it gets sort of lost in the fray um and it's because it's a subtle whiskey right it's pretty pretty delicate Mm -hmm. and and um you know unless you're going for the cast strength ones which if you are that's awesome um but yeah no i i think that it's uh it's very exciting anytime there's more whiskey let's just like let's just get on board yeah i mean i think you know a lot of companies um you know including uh, your your employer jamie like grant and sons have have purchased an irish whiskey many years ago um Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of companies have purchased irish whiskey distilleries many years Years ago, and Diageo's like, oh wait, wait, Irish whiskey? That's that's this is a right. thing now. That's a thing. What? Oh, yeah. we, we should buy it now. So so yeah. you know it's over. I mean, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna put it out there. You know it's over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the companies that have invested in Ireland. Oh um, boy. Yeah. Apologize. <laughs> so, uh, Diageo oh, always so late to everything. <laughs> you know how you feel about Diageo. <laughs> It's so funny now that like working in the industry, like in it, I meet a lot of people from Diageo um, and they're always so like, they're always so lovely, yes. but they've always got this like, they, they're so self-aware of the, the like, the feelings about them in the industry. It's, uh, it's always kind of a riot and it makes me like them more because they have such a sort of a good sense of humor about themselves and they're like, oh, I work for, you know, the big bad Diageo and they sort of understand that that's what the reputation is and they sort of are just like meh it's fine yeah yeah they you know? own it well I love when it. we had uh, dr dick morgan the uh yeah. the, uh pr brand ambassador i don't know he goes by many titles but uh uh episode 70 of the whiskey topic he he was wonderful and uh he's yeah. just like i work for the evil empire i'm sorry exactly. anyway yeah. we're great and we're selling a lot of whiskey people are buying so your criticism is unwarranted yeah uh, exactly <laughs> but he those weren't any yeah. of his words but uh but he was uh he was one like he was wonderful to talk to and and yeah you know great sense of humor lots of like you know lots of uh you know sort of joviality around the the fact that their reputation in the spirits industry is out of like a big you know (laughs) like monster conglomerate who's like angry like smash like but yeah it seems to be sort of taken with a grain of salt and and i love that so yeah go diageo it's awesome yeah Uh, yeah so okay so there i'm i'm sort of like thinking about like buy like distilleries and stuff like that and we have this thing in Canada where we don't have we don't have very many like distilleries in in the in the way that like you know Ireland and mm-hmm. and the states is uh, sort of has and, and even just coming back from Scotland we don't have that sort of thing what we do have is the Canadian Club Heritage Center yes yes um 
Yeah, it's uh, it's located in Windsor, Ontario, just across the river from Detroit, and it is this old historic building where, where freaking Capone used to meet with with the Canadian with uh, Hiram Walker and be like, "So, how much illegal booze am I going to get from right. you this year?" Right. Right. Um, Apparently there's oh well there was the room where he played cards and everything else uh, yeah big deal in in Windsor and, and for Canada big deal yeah 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 and uh, and apparently it's being closed this is such an uh, Ontario thing to do like Toronto we do it all the time we're like oh this is such a beautiful old building with so much heritage and history let's raise <laughs> it to the and then we'll build some condos <laughs> instead it's so typical. So there's a big sort of outcry right now to try and see if we can save this building because it's really like, it's absolutely worth saving. Like I just, it doesn't even make any sense to me that Beam Centauri would close it. Yeah, you know, you're right. If you ever visit Toronto, um, if you ever look within the first two or three floors of a building, they all look very old and like, oh, this is a very historical building. And then you like look up just a little bit more and it's like glass condo tower yeah. for 40 floors up. Uh, that That is pretty much a great description of Toronto. And you're right. This is a, uh, you know, I, th- I think this is going to work out though. I think Beam Centauri, if there's one thing we've learned to be about Beam Centauri is they don't always make the best decisions, but they do bow to public pressure. Um, oh, good. And because they, they've done it, actually, this is a sideline, but... Um, but old granddad 114 is uh is coming back they're uh Good. They're going to be um, they're going to be back and uh, so that that was a rumor to be discontinued that is not being discontinued. Um, bookers they kind of you know they 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 compromised on the price they only made it half as expensive. Um, right. Nobody cared that Knob Creek removed the Nate statement and so they just left it without a Nate statement that was interesting. Yep. And now uh, it looks like the city and Beam Centauri are talking. Um, yes. Yeah, so like I'm because I have I haven't even been. We gotta go, Mark. We gotta go. Yeah, I, I went I went once. I went once uh, before this podcast, a long time ago. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, and I, it was I great. Get out there. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's a nice part of the tour, and you get to see like the tunnel that goes underneath the uh, the river. Um, I don't know what river is it. The Detroit River, the Windsor River, the Michigan River. I don't know. It's a river anyway. It separates our two great countries. Anyhow, um, just a little piece of that border. Anyway, uh, but the river's there, and there's a tunnel underneath uh, that uh, Capone uh, apparently used for a little while to transport booze. Um, it was actually primarily used by um, Mr. Hiram Walker. I believe it's Mr. Hiram. Um, see, I learned so much in this tour, Jamie. So there's a man that made whiskey. His name was Hiram Walker. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And um, and he um, and he was an actually American. So he lived in the states, um, mm-hmm. but he knew that prohibition was coming. So what he did is he's like, well, I'm not going to build a distillery in the U.S. because Americans are going to just outlaw whiskey. So he before Canada was even a country, he just went across the river and uh, on his rowboat or something and built an entire city around Hiram Walker Distillery. So literally, the whole city of Windsor is built around like he. Mm-hmm. Made whiskey, employed everybody, sold them, you know, their tea and their 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 I don't know baking goods and and, and fruits and, and vegetables. Had the stores and on all that, um, and so he really did build that city. And um, and because he hated taking the boat across, he built a little tunnel that was eventually used to smuggle booze illegally into the U.S. during the Prohibition era. So how can we lose this? This is terrible. Well, that's the thing, and we've already we're already struggling with our Canadian whiskey identity. Like, no, like we we need as much as we can possibly um, get. So, closing the distillery would be like kind of a big, huge bummer. Um, so, let's figure out how we can we can add our voices to the uh, to the conversation. Yeah, I agreed. I agreed, and, and there, it is going to be open for at least till 
uh, the end of summer. So um, okay. if you're visiting Windsor, um, just visit it to see Hiram Walker. Uh, do the do the tour. It's a beautiful, beautiful. Say hi building. to Tish. Yeah, Tish. <laughs> Say hi to Tish. She is the um, in charge of the, the visitor center, and she's the brand ambassador for Canadian Club, um, and she's the best. She is so, awesome, and she she's, she's the one that built this whole concept. She she worked. Uh, she's been working for the company for so long, and she mm-hmm. this was their office. This is where all the CEOs of the company worked mm-hmm. at, and it's this old bank essentially. And people are yeah. like, why Why are you... Oh, my dog's digging. If you can I was going to say, that. is your dog digging at something? Uh, Thor, no digging. <laughs> he stops. He stops. What a wonderful he just, dog. <laughs> he, knows, he knows words. He understands commands. No, no, he did good. No, it was like literally like Thor, no digging, and it stopped immediately. It's impressive. It is. He's a good dog. It's really impressive. He's, He's a very good dog. Good boy. Um, but yes, did, Go say hi to Tish. Do you know my dogs? Um, do you know my dogs? Tell dig? her that we sent you, huh? Do you know my do- dogs dig. This is great. Tell me. Um, Thor communicates with me all the time. When he digs at the floor, that means he's too warm because dogs on 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 Earth, on like in parks, right. if they're warm, they dig and they get the cold earth and they lie down. So they make this little 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 like nest of of uh, freshly dug earth and they lie down. And it's nice and cool. So when Thor's digs at the floor, he's telling me, Dad, put the AC on. I know it's I know it's, it's I know it's yeah. still winter, but like it's really warm in here. Can you put the yeah. AC on? So he's communicating. It's very cute. Yeah, no, it's very it's very smart. It's like turning the pillow over to the other side. Yes, I do that all the time. Yeah. I know. Well, yes, because yeah. it's like torture with a warm pillow. Oh, Ugh, terrible. Gross. Terrible. Terrible. Sorry, I, yeah. I interrupted, but I <laughs> No, I love I loved I love the little dog side notes. It's great. <laughs> wonderful we can talk about dogs all day Seriously. in fact this should be a dog podcast from now on. <laughs> let's talk about dogs all day oh you know people would get uh, sick of that i feel like dogs and are you know well there, we we need to have like pictures like a lot of pictures of puppies and stuff and like yeah yeah i know mm. it would be really cute yeah. i would listen to that podcast but yeah tish saw the office was like there's too many ceos here let's kick them all out and make this into uh, a visitor center um, th- th- I think the challenge there for uh, this is so Beam Centauri owns Canadian Club, um, but does not own Hiram Walker Distillery. So if you do a Correct. Beam Centauri Canadian Club tour, you don't get to visit the distillery. Um, and Corby's that owns company that owns distilleries uh, owns brands like Not Number Forty. They own Hiram Walker Distillery. Um, I don't actually know if they do tours of the distillery. I I, I don't. I don't think so. Think so. So, no, I think they have their visitor center that just opened sort of when we went right. a little while yes. ago. But I don't think they're they're taking people on tours yet. Because we did a pretty serious tour when we went there. And it didn't look like, like we had to wear, like, obviously you had to wear your high-vis uh, vests. And, like, we, oh, got that's right, the sort of, we got drove over to, like, the um, the actual, where the warehouse, uh, the rickhouse is, um, which is a little bit farther away. So yeah, I don't think there's like um like a, a like a, an America like a traditional style distillery tour. I think I think we got special treatment on that one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's they're they're just too industrial at the moment. There's yeah, just, they're pretty industrial. You know, yeah. it's it's not a it's not the kind of Kentucky the romantic notions of the yeah. and even in Kentucky, I mean, you visit a distiller like yes, this is the one still that they have for you know, but they may have a still somewhere else where they make you know sure. most of the other stuff. So it's uh, but here it's all very concentrated. And like you said, Jamie, there's not many distilleries in Canada uh, no. of big size anyway. No, and there's not, and we're sort of like you know we've we we don't want to lose that 
the history of Canadian whiskey. And, and I think losing the Canadian Club Heritage Centre would be a big blow um, to that piece. You know, trying to keep the story going is... Um, is really important so because we get we just get lost over here our little whiskey just sort of we're like hey guys remember us we yeah, have some great whiskey Canada. too like we we also have a really interesting history but uh sure if you want to close down the center why not, why not just yeah whatever sure that's okay. not important uh and yeah, there's also yeah. the number one visited attraction in windsor now i don't know what else windsor is known for um oh they have a casino that's right. They have a casino. Yeah, um, they do. They have a couple. Of, they have a couple of great bars um, in in uh, like riverfront, and actually they've got lakefront property as well. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, but I can see why. Like, it would be the number one tourist destination. Like, it's cool. It's got you know, it's whiskey, which is awesome, and uh, it's got Tish, and yeah. I think it just sounds like a great place to spend an afternoon. So, yeah, do pop on by, um, and. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And then Detroit's also coming back pretty heavy with cocktails and beer. Oh, their whole food and drink food. scene is like amazing. Yeah. It's so it, it's just such a great connection there. When um, I used to I used to go down to Windsor a lot for uh, for an IT job I did, and the this is this was before uh, this was like kind of in in the late '90s, early 2000s. But um, they there was basically Windsor made most of its money because 19 year olds from the U.S. that were weren't able to drink in the U.S. came to Windsor to drink because you know the legal drinking age here is 19 yeah that that was a lot of source of traffic right there and yep. and that's kind of stopped just because the border crossings are getting more and more you know difficult yep. um right. but um but yeah head down to windsor head down to windsor and uh let's let's see what we can do about keeping this place open i think uh i have i have a good feeling about it so let's make sure that uh we get our voices heard on that. Uh, I'm sure some tax dollars are going to go to keep that place open. Oh, oh boy. No. Oh, boy. No. You're going to start ranting about taxes? Yeah. I think the I think the podcast is over now. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, but, but this is really like if tax dollars are going to go to something that is part of the heritage and, and, and sure. whiskey making, this is the this is the place to put it. So I think uh, you got it. that's the way great, great way to go. Agreed. Yeah. All right. All right, Jamie. I think that's it. Uh, we do apologize. It's been a it's been a couple of weeks since our last podcast. Uh, you know, we we kind of figured the schedule would be a little difficult to manage at first, but uh, uh, we're we're gonna have some episodes coming up shortly, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. that's probably my fault. Yeah, Sorry. I don't know. Jamie's I've been working. on the go a little bit. Yeah, but, traveling. You know, yeah, traveling. You can follow my adventures if you like at Bourbon Thing on Instagram and Twitter. Mark, where can we follow your adventures? M um, a r k b y l o k. And do please rate us on iTunes. Um, we love those ratings. They're great. They're awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being awesome. Every all and hey, it's been really fun because uh, being out there in the sort of like behind the 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 bar in the spirits world and going to different whiskey shows and getting to travel now people come up to me all the time and they're like do you have a podcast like or they like recognize I your podcast. Voice. they recognize my, oh my god it's so poor them i'm just like how much have you listened to me like rant and rave and then you have to like hear my voice at a whiskey show too like so sorry but always come up to me um and say hi because it's always uh lovely to meet listeners and and share a dram and uh yeah so anytime i'm around for sure Awesome, awesome. All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Cheers.